microphone. Whoa, it's recording. Let's see how that rolls. Um, what were you talking about? The oh yeah, because like I'll listen to these ultra marathon um podcasts, and then there's like one person's like, yeah, I do like 120 miles a week. Like that's what I aim for. I'm like, yeah. it's so fucking. I'm getting like they are professional runners. Yeah. Other people like Ben Greenfield, his new marathons, her ultras, but he does like Spartan races. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I try to be like super efficient with my recovery, and I do ten hours of training. That's all, which okay. is like pretty low for Ironman training per week. Yeah. Okay. For Ironman training, so that's like bike, yeah. swim, and run. He's only doing ten hours. Yeah. And he came like he wasn't trying to win it, but he came like mid to the pack, and he was pretty good. Yeah. Then other ultra marathoners are doing like the book says like for a hundred miles you can do like fifty mile weeks, you can do seventy, which I, I think is kind of low, but it's kind of where yeah. I've been around sixty. Like I'm gonna do like try to do Friday, Saturday, Sunday like long. I'm gonna try to like get like sixty miles in this yeah. weekend. Yeah, that's a lot. been my last, yeah. Yeah. If I want to get, like, used to doing, like, 20 miles tomorrow, maybe 30 miles Saturday, mm-hmm. and then 20. Yeah. Probably a lot of miles, though. But if it holds up, I'll be confident, like, I did 70 miles over three days. Yeah. And that's good. That is good. I feel like it's so tough. There's not cr- really... Or I'm just crippled, and I'm like, yeah. I gotta pull out. Em, yeah. you're, you're running. you're running for me, man. <laughs> You're getting, you're getting, <laughs> you ever run 120 miles before? You're, you're gonna. Like, how's that 50K looking at? Yeah, down? yeah. All right, we'll kick this off. Uh, this is, this is a natural podcast, so don't be nervous. All right. You know, this is just two people talking. Yeah. So we got Melissa Jeffries, osteopath. <laughs> she does osteopathy. I'm yes. practicing that word. That <laughs> too. So tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. You're a friend of mine. That's always a, yeah. that's a win right there. <laughs> <laughs> that we connected a few months ago. And oh, you're someone who's super motivated and ambitious. And you just graduated um, into osteopathy. So tell us more about Good. the practice of osteopathy. So people don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, nobody knows what it is. Honestly, no. even people who get it's treated. It's a hell of an occupation right there. <laughs> yeah. Even people who get treated, like, still can't describe what the heck it is that I do. Um, but osteopathy is essentially um, the science of the connection between the anatomy and the physiology of the body. Okay. So, um, essentially, when somebody's coming in and they have all these complaints and all these symptoms, our job is to make the connection between those symptoms and the structural components that relate to those symptoms. So, for example, um, we'll look at the spine like a fuse box, mm-hmm. and every part of the spine is responsible for supplying a certain part of the body. So, if they're having symptoms associated with various organs, say like digestive issues, right? So, we'll start asking a bunch of questions, um, kind of get a better idea of, of what those symptoms mean for that person. And we're relating it back to the structural um, side of things. So then our assessment is really searching for those components that could be facilitating that issue. Um, So it's all hands-on manual therapy, um, but it's extremely investigative. Um, And that's what I really like about it. It's, It's sort of like a big puzzle every day and every patient is treated extremely different because we're all dynamic and we all do different things day to day. So um, one person's issues might look like somebody else's, but structurally they're going to be completely different. So they have to be treated differently. Mm-hmm. And how long, I know it's like everybody's different, like you just said, mm-hmm. can you restructure a human anatomy and body? Cause again, like we know better than most, we deal with a lot of clients and like in the fitness industry, a lot of people sit and they're very sedentary and they, yes. 
I don't have, haven't had like a you know, routine uh, exercise regimen their whole life, right? They've been yeah. very on and off and they don't move that, that much and then there's much different society now, right? We're not very like, you know, stimulated with the right kind of things and yeah. with that we're structurally kind of broken in yeah. a way, right? So what's that process like for the majority of people? I think people like, listening to this will probably be like, yo, I'm, yeah. I haven't done shit in a while yeah. and, and how do we recognize <laughs> So I trying to, um, so essentially you're asking like, how, how can we, can we get them to a point where they are? Or can are... you? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's, what's the process like? Honestly, for... it really comes down to what that person is willing to do though. Right. Because you have to realize like your environment is your choice and it's what you're choosing to put yourself through. And that's usually what has got you to that point in the first place. So are you willing to take yourself out of that environment or change up some things? Um, and so that's where, again, like part of the process when I'm with somebody is trying to figure out what are they doing every single day or mm-hmm. what are they not doing every single day and trying to pick some of those big key things that are Which really are, what are What are some of those big key things? Is it sleep, nutrition, um, exercise, yeah, all those Yeah, so those are, those are some big players, but a lot of it comes down to your repetitive behaviors day to day. So... Um, when you look at somebody and you're looking at all of the restrictions in the body, uh, we're basically looking at like what the body is favoring, what sort of motions are, is the body favoring? Um, because oftentimes we're doing all these repetitive movements and it's those that we're finding are stuck within the body. So the body now only wants to rotate to the right. It's having trouble rotating to the left, for example. So now Zoolander style. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't turn left. So it's my job now to figure out, okay, what are they doing that is making them turn to the right all the time? And so I'll start asking questions and putting little bugs in their head. And then when they come back, they're like, oh, I figured it out. I was doing this. And I realized every time, you know, I'm carrying groceries, I always carry it in the one arm or, you know, something simple like that. Um, But usually it comes down to workplace because we're working for the majority of our Mm -hmm. days. Um, so a lot of people have desk jobs, right? Um, they might have reception jobs where they're constantly answering a phone and maybe that phone is on the left side. So they're always rotating to the left side and they're yeah. always kinking their head to the left there. Um, so those are m- some patterns we might find in the body. Um, but it's, it's starting to, you know, get the pennies to drop within that person and, and seeing if there are different modifications they can do. Can you put, you know, some of the stuff on the right uh are you able to get up in your day are you able to switch up you know what leg you cross you know if you have to feel like you have to cross your legs all the time are you able to just switch that up and just keep moving and i always just think uh variety is the best right you don't always want to be doing one thing all the time um so if you can give yourself a little bit more variety even though they're not like the best habits you know it's still not doing that same repetitive thing all day and and then you know once we can kind of correct that then those other things like sleep and exercise and diet come into play as well um but i definitely think a lot of it comes down to the workplace that's really creating this environment for these people and how do you get them i know obviously like they're their own person they have to like choose to adopt those practices at the end of the day like you can't be there 24 7 yeah uh holding their hand through it yeah do you find a lot of people actually adopt your habits that you suggest? Do you think that is, is it like um, off the bat they're like, you know, for the first week they try it, do they get discouraged? Like, cause yeah. I know it's the biggest thing. It's like, we all hear that and we're like, that sounds amazing. That's easy enough to do. I'll switch yeah. up. I'll move every like once in a while and I'll, 
I just wrote a blog about that. It's like the constant movement throughout the day. Like that's what you should kind of do. You know, mm-hmm. whether walking stairs or getting up and you're just moving your body and you're, you're doing chores with your hands, you're doing different things rather than like using machines all the time and like elevators and you're just yeah. not doing anything. Do pe- most people that you find that at least your clientele, are they adopting those practices? Do they find that in a certain as- aspect or time frame they're like, yo, this is just, they, they fall off the train? Like, is, where, yeah. where do you find So some things are definitely a little bit more challenging to correct or, or make changes to. However, for the most part, a lot of my patients are very receptive mm-hmm. um, because I think there's a little bit of tough love and honesty coming from myself and, and showing sure. them, yeah, you know, like this is this is making the biggest difference in your life right now. And if you can do anything to change that, you know, you're going to notice a big difference, right? And, and that's going to save them time, it's going to save them money, which mm-hmm. I think everybody wants. Um, but I think the biggest thing is I'm able to show them exactly how those movements are creating that pattern in their body. So when I'm with them, I'm, I'm telling them sort of what I'm finding um, in terms that, you know, they can kind of grasp and then showing them will actually sit and we'll go through those movements and I'll show them exactly what it is and what their body's doing. So I think now they have that visual and they can see it. And because they do want to get better and change, um, they do start paying attention to that mm-hmm. a little bit more. And then they're extremely honest when they don't. Yeah. Um, so at least like we have that open communication, but, um, yeah, for the most part, they've been very receptive and those who aren't really at the point of making that change yet, they come back and they're like, I know, I know. And you know, like, they, they get it, they get it. And I'm just like, I, I'll tell them like, all right, well, I mean, you're probably gonna have to keep coming back for a while if, you know, if we don't make these changes now. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about the money thing. Cause I know like for us, a lot of times it's like the idea like, I don't want to like get rid of my hard earned money as yeah. like, um, you know, for for like something that's not there, which we're all messed up, man. Our bodies, yeah. we move certain ways, like we talk about that we don't even sometimes feel the pain. And all of a sudden, there's like a twinge, like oh, I tweaked my back yesterday. But like, hey, man, like yes. it wasn't just yesterday that you did yeah. that. So like, what would you talk about in terms of like maintenance and like yeah. the the psychology behind like treating yourself to you know healthcare and yeah. like actual practices that are gonna you know, take care of you before you get hurt. And that's the idea. Like be preemptive yeah. with your routine. Like, like I exercise to look good now and feel good now, but it's like, I'm doing that to make sure like I have longevity. So when I'm like 60 and 70 and whatever age I'm, I'm not having like this, these hip issues and all these like crazy chronic pains. Yes. I'm like, now I got to rectify at a very difficult age. Yeah. So talk more about that. Yeah. So, and actually that's majority of what walks through my door. Those people that wake up one day and they're like, what the hell? Like, I didn't do anything and I tweaked my back or, you know, I just woke up with all this pain and, and they just don't understand because nothing happened. Like there was no defining moment where they got injured, but all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they just feel everything. Um, the body accumulates all of these behaviors and like repetitive, um, habits over time. Right. And it's compensating constantly. So you don't feel those issues. So we're going through our lives doing all these things. And we don't necessarily feel it because our bodies are really good at adjusting for that to make sure that we don't have symptoms. Um, everything will shift right from your feet all the way to your head just to accommodate for that. But you get to a point where your body's just not going to accommodate anymore. It's not going to compensate. Um, and that's when you wake up one day and you just feel everything. So all the stuff is going on inside us all the time. Um, 
And I think the best thing you could compare to is maybe like um, maintenance of your car. Mm -hmm. So while things are good, you want to keep them good, right? But you have to understand that, you know, you are putting your body through work and you are exercising or doing all these things. It's such a fun perspective. Yeah. Like, it's like the car, we're like, oh, we're on top of our car for the most part. Like, yeah. Putting oil you know, changes you need in. an oil change. Yeah. You need to get your, your wheels realigned yeah. after winter and we have the crazy ice storms and stuff like yeah. that, right? So that's essentially the same thing with the body um and it would be so great if everybody can kind of take that preventive approach because in the long run you won't be spending that much money if -hmm. you're taking that preventive approach now because i get so many people in my door and and you know they're upset that they have to come frequently and they're upset that they have to spend all this time getting treated or time off of those things that they really enjoy doing and then they're spending money to do that essentially yeah whereas like if you could just you know treat your body like a car every every once in a while you know check in with somebody like myself um just to make sure everything's running right uh then you're less likely to have those you know major downfalls later you know those times where you just wake up and everything feels like it's kind of come crashing on you yeah. um, less likely to have that happen less likely to have to actually spend more time and money in therapy or rehab whatever mm-hmm. the case may be trying to get your body back and you even see it with like trainers right which is like it's it's so hard for people to justify it. I get, like, it's a lot of money when someone's presented, yeah. like, hey, man, like, over the next 12 months, it might be five, six thousand, eight thousand dollars $6,000, $8,000, you know? Like, yep. like, I know I have clients that have paid me tactically, like, tens of thousands of dollars, like, in a year, if you start doing the math behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of money, but at the same time, we're very quick to, like, rationalize, like, a $2,000 week-long trip to, you know, Cancun or, or Mexico yep. or, or Fiji or wherever the hell we're going. And it's, like, that's a week-long trip that's very, I don't want to say fleeting, you know? Because, again, you can, I advocate experiences i spend fucking three thousand dollars on races and you're like yeah. all right brand like what the hell are you doing but like yeah. it's fun it's gonna last me a lifetime yeah but it's just funny the perspective that people have in terms of, like where they spend their money yeah. and how how, how that they, they dictate like what's important right yeah. and then i think that goes back to like a lack of self-awareness for a lot of people like they don't take the time to actually like do an overview and like self-audit of like their life and where that money's being spent where they can save it where they're just throwing money away and at the end of the day it's like man, like, this is a long-term fix. Like, I get, like, shit's gonna compound. Like, you're gonna get, become 50 years old one day. You're gonna become 60. And, like, the idea isn't, like, I'll hear some people even go, like, I don't care if I live a long life. It's, like, it's not about living, it's not like you're gonna die peacefully with no pain at, like, (laughs) 70. It's, like, chances are if you beat up your body now, you're gonna have a very difficult time, like, later in life. At, like, 50, it's gonna be, like, it's not fun, like, to have constant back pain and knee pain and just feel like shit. And it's like, yeah, okay, man, like, this shit's gonna come for you, like... Yeah, depends on, like, what kind of quality of life you're looking for, right? Like, what do you, what do you want to be or be able to do? But people don't think that they're gonna be that person. I know, nobody thinks it's insane to to me, like, they'll they'll see someone, (laughs) like, they'll see their mom, who's, like, 20 years older than them. Yeah crazy hip pain and just fucking and like they're like going through agony for months and months and months yeah they're not doing much that their mother didn't do like they're not they're maybe a little bit more active and maybe even a little bit healthier which is good but it's like you're not doing that much to not be like that in 20 years like wouldn't like that scares the shit out of me like if i see someone who's like in like financial crisis i'm like yo man like that scares me to be in that position like i like that will all that fear will drive me to not be in that state 
where a lot of people are like, oh, that's just 20-year-old mom or a 20-year-old, like, different mom. But it's like, yeah. no, like, that's going to be you if you don't start really making sure those yeah. those habits align, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, too, so early on, I started looking at the older generation, just seeing, like, how many people were on medications, how many mm-hmm. people needed external assistance. I think about my grandparents who you know, needed people to help them. And I do everything in my power to hopefully, because you never know what will happen, right? Mm -hmm. But that's another component of it. Um, But hopefully be able to live a life without drugs and without that external assistance. So uh, a lot of my life is really inspired by that, right? And Mm -hmm. trying to avoid that because that is expensive. And it's a burden That's your really, family. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's really not much of a life to live, right? So, I mean, I don't know. People are a little... I think they they think about it too late in the game, right? And it's like, well, now you've had all of these years of just deteriorating your body, right? And really beating it up. And then they'll come to somebody like me and they'll expect, like, to be better in a few treatments. Like, oh, no, like, it's going to take a long time now because, you know, you've been doing this for so long. I'm sure you can give, like, a quick fix in terms, like, somebody's going to feel better. But again, at the end of the day, that's not fixing the the problem. Yeah, yeah. So they'll feel, they, yeah, they'll feel better. But unfortunately, it takes a while to get that body to stabilize again and to really hold that change. And that's sort of, like, our goal is is to get the body stabilized where now it can function without somebody like me or without those external aids, right? And that that's the part that takes a while. So, I mean, they can come and feel better, sure, but, like, my goal is to get them on their own where mm-hmm. they don't need somebody to help them all the time, right? And that's that's the difficult part. Yeah, and that's freedom, right? Yeah. That, that allows you to, like, live a life that you want to live and not be, like, not be held down, right? Yeah. Especially if you're, like at a stage of life where you have that freedom and autonomy, like, do what you want. You don't have to work anymore. Like, wouldn't you want those years? And, like, yeah. I know we're talking, like, it's, if we're if a 25-year-old listening, they're like, ah, fuck, man, I'm, like, 60, so far away. I don't give a <laughs> shit about 60. Yeah. But it's even now, like, I'm telling you from 25 to 30, like, there's going to be a different, there's going to be a gap, right, where you, you yeah. start feeling shit more often. Oh, yeah. And then you're going to want to, like, get in shape at 30, and you're going to want to rectify these behaviors. And it goes more than just the physical, right? It goes into the emotional, mental, and we're seeing it now more than ever as this, like, epidemic of, you know, people with, like, you know, suicides and depressions and anxiety. And it's coming through a lot of different habits, and it's not just you don't take care of your body. Is it, like, physically mm-hmm. are you broken? And you're like, I can just get past that. And it's and it's, it's funny how everything really connects, and I think people are just... I think ignorant towards I don't, like they're just like ignorance is bliss, right? They're like oh, I just don't know. It's just how how life is supposed to be. Yeah. But when we start tying everything together, and it made me think last night I was in bed and I started thinking all these things, and I was like I had to write some shit down. And it was the idea of I think people think at a certain age they're probably just supposed to, supposed to respond a certain way. Yeah. They're like mid thirties, forties. They're like I lose my sex drive. Like, my mm-hmm. testosterone goes down or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, that pr- does happen. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But there's things you can do to obviously like, increase blood flow and have, mm-hmm. like, you know, better testosterone. And, like, not being okay with being like, ah, I just have sex, like, once once a month with my yeah. wife. It's like, okay, like, that's a life you can choose. Yeah. And you can be like, I'm okay with that. But it's like, you don't really understand the component of, like, no, like, you actually want to have more sex it's just that you don't have the blood flow going to the right places <laughs> to the brain and to yeah. the sexual organs yeah 
that you're like, man, you would have a much more engaged, fulfilling, exciting life. I guarantee. And then you, I'd always make jokes when I'd see a teacher walk in when I was like in grade seven. They'd be like, they're usually a dick, and all of a sudden they're like happy. I'm like, oh, like Mr. <laughs> Beverage got laid last night. You know, like yeah. it's a different mode, man. Like yeah. you can't tell me that you're gonna live with someone for two months. And yeah. or and you're like oh we have sex randomly and then when you do it's like kind of like oh, like one and done yeah. and it's like it's like okay like yeah <laughs> you can't accept that as your life and say it's okay like this is just it's okay with me but it's like life can be way better is what we're saying yes you know and that's what I'm trying yeah. to get at I'm like if you're totally okay with it and you're like this is a life that I'm fully satisfied do you yeah but at the same time. I'm, I teach and I talk a lot about self-optimization. How do you optimize your life? How yeah. are you at, at your most excited and stimulated and engaged? And, like, there's yeah. so many components that we're not taking into consideration that we think is, like, uh, working out is just the physical and it's hard work. It's like, okay, man, but that's going to keep you your tests a little bit higher and it's going to allow you to have good sex into your 50s or 60s, whatever the hell yeah. it is. And, like, that's a big component for people. Yeah. Like, to be mid-30s and 40s and be like, ah. Yeah. That's, that's fucked. Yeah. Right? Is, is it, and people are accepting it as if it's normal. Yeah. And, like, this is at least a, a platform to be like, hey, like, this isn't normal behavior. Like, or it might be normal, but it doesn't have to be normal. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, like, people, I think they kind of follow suit with what they hear and what they see. And, yeah, and I'm sure the majority of their yeah. friends are talking like, oh, yeah, man, like, I have a hard time getting an erection, and I don't really have sex with my <laughs> wife either. And you're like, high five, <laughs> fucking mid-30s. And you're like, yeah. okay, Yeah, man. I certainly hope not. <laughs> right? But, but it, like, it's more than we think. And yes, I was, like I, was yeah. like, I need to fucking go in and start talking to corporations yeah. about this shit because... Yeah you are much more satisfied and fulfilled with life when yeah. those components are being checked off. Like, that yeah. is a human biological need of, like, wanting to have that sexual connection and to be, like, a half of your life is done, one-third of it. Yeah. And you're kind of already thrown in the towel, like, ah. Yeah. It's like, man, like, no, you can change your diet up. You can change your, you know, your, your routine. You can reduce your stress. Like, all yeah. these things aren't just, like, oh, I'm stressed financially or I'm stressed at work, like, it's a burden on me emotionally. Yeah. Okay, that's that's the thing we need to rectify, but it's going into other components. Yeah. And there's, like, so many things that people can do that they're not even giving themselves a shot. Like, I was listening to an Aubrey Marcus podcast the other day, and they were talking about how, like, a bowl of, like, dark leafy cruciferous vegetables and things like beets can really help increase nitric oxide flow, yeah. right, and have that blood flow going. And things that you can take that will also enhance that, like, you know, like the brain yeah. flow to the or the blood flow to the brain to the sexual organs. And I can just think, I'm like, I don't think, like, a lot of people are probably even taking that in consideration. Like, they don't understand the power behind no. eating beets. And, like, yeah, you're going to be like, I hear some guys like, ah, fuck these dark leafy Swiss chard is disgusting. <laughs> you're like, okay, man, like, there's other yeah. things you can do. Like, dark chocolate's a good option. Like, there's yeah. other things you can source to make your life more fulfilling in other areas. And I think yeah. that it's not just a one-off where it's, like, emotionally unfulfilled. It's like, yeah. but how is that playing into the other six pillars yeah. or the other five pillars? Yeah, I think uh, people underestimate the power of some of these things and just how totally. incredible they are. Like, our bodies are meant to do everything yeah. on their own, right? Like, your body has its own pharmacy. Um, that's why drugs work the way they do, because there's receptors in your body for those drugs to bind to, um, which means that those receptors are already in your body. It means your body already creates that itself, mm. right? So your body is, is meant to do all these things on its own if it's given the right environment to do so, right? So if your environment's really good, both internally and externally, all these things should realistically be functioning extremely well. 
Um, and I think a lot of people don't really realize, you know, what their environment is doing to them and, and just how much that can be in their control too. Like simple things, like you said, like eating more vegetables, mm-hmm. right? It's so beneficial, but people don't realize ext- like just how beneficial it is. And, and when you're young, again, that's that thing where like, you don't really understand or feel it when you're young it's when you're older that all of this like comes crashing down on you yeah um and then at the end of the day too people just have their own excuses when it comes to a lot of of this stuff right like oh i'm too tired oh i'm too busy oh you know what i mean like like these are all things we can rectify which is like hilarious and i hate it i know but it's like hey what do you want your life to be at the end of the day what what do you want do you want to just like sit around do nothing and not be stimulated and you know to me that's boring (laughs) as hell so of course like most people like even to them it has to be and again there's going to be some like I don't want to say outliers, because, like, I don't like that term for somebody who's, yeah. like, lazy. Like, yeah, they're an yeah. outlier, man. This guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, fuck, I wish I was him. <laughs> but there's going to be certain people that are just, like, they're stimulated with, like, under-stimulating things. Like, yeah. they can, like, sit down and chill. And, like, I get it, man. Like, I get yeah. the idea of being comfortable. And if that's who you are, and, like, and you're being true to who you are. And, again, that's my biggest thing anytime I, like, kind of talk about this, is, like, if you're authentically internally telling yeah. me like hey bro like this is like i'm life is fucking good and again i always go back to like i get life is like good and if this is an audio i'm doing quotations right now is my, my water out. <laughs> hey this is a good old mac and this is your mac <laughs> windows old school and it's just the idea that like but life can be much better yes and how do you optimize that yeah. because like if you're in that situation where you're like, yeah, but life's good, like, wouldn't you want to just, like, kind of see what the potential is? Like, wouldn't you want to see how life can be, like, and again, I'm not saying make drastic changes where, like, life is good and all of a sudden, like, yeah, meditate too and life would be way better. Like, I don't want to fucking meditate. Yeah. Okay, like, I get that. Like, Gary Vee was saying that, like, his life is so good. And people are like, why don't you meditate? He's like, he's like, I honestly, truly think if I meditate, he's like, I'm messing up with what, what's good. And I'm like, all right, man, good for you, man. Like, that's, yeah. good. like, if that's it's a tool, right? It's a tool, yeah. you know? And I think that, we sometimes undervalue these things. Well, a lot of times we undervalue them mm. and we kind of just settle. Yeah. You know, we settle for like, all right, this is good. Yeah. And I think, and again, that's in our, that's our environment. Like I hang around a lot of people that are motivated and ambitious to do good, cool things. Yeah. And with that, it stimulates that. Yeah. Like, okay, man, like I can have a more exciting fulfilling. Like I've had a life that's good. I've worked jobs that are good. And I'm like, this is good. Like life is mm. pretty good right now. But then I'm also like, well, this is the potential that I could be at and life could be, it could be better. It could be more stimulating, more engaging. I can have more opportunity to like make a difference and impact. And like, of yep. course, I could settle and have a good life. But again, I'm telling you, it's much better. Yeah. When you're really optimizing those pillars. Yeah. Well, let me just say that a lot of people are way too comfortable in misery. Like they're way too comfortable, you know, being in that kind of that bad place. And okay. I, I yeah. and I don't. I don't actually know why exactly, but it's, I think it's almost easier to stay there than it is, is to make that change. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And, and I don't know, I don't think they are truly happy, to be honest. Like a lot of, like how you said, like, you know, if that's, that's good for you, then that's good sort of thing. I yeah, I, have I, a hard, I have a hard time believing too. Like, and yeah. I, I don't want to be like you're. Say you're happy. Like, fuck you. You're lying to me. Like, I don't yeah. want to be that guy either. But at the same time, like, I I talk to a lot of people, man. I see a lot of people walk yeah. through the door and they want to change their their you know physical. And again, if you if you need, even if you're like, man, I really want to get in shape, 
Like, that's a pill you're not checking off. And as yeah. you can push that down and say, I don't really care. It's like, yes, you do. Yeah. Like, you came to me and you're like, fuck, man, I look in the mirror and I don't, I'm not happy with how I look. That's a fucking big thing, man. Like, I know that fucking bothers you. I know deep down, man, that fucks with your confidence. That fucks with you taking your shirt off in public. Yeah. It just fucks putting on outfits. You're like, ah. Yeah. You know, like, it fucks with you, man. Like, you can't tell me you're inhuman and you're like, nah, don't give a shit. It's like, yeah. yes, you do. Yeah. You're just fucking bashing it down so low you're like i don't gotta deal with this shit mm-hmm. it's like we're pushing to the dark like people have debt and they're like fuck it man like i'll yeah. deal with this shit some other day yeah. it's like i get you're just hiding from it you're not doing anything yeah two seconds we're gonna take a break here on the fear being average podcast get number part two go <laughs> like keep this recorded <laughs> keep it rolling oh. speaking of the tight body get them like <laughs> 30 minutes again boom Part two. We're back. <laughs> Where were we? Talking about excuses. Intermission. Intermission, yeah. Not a very long one at all. Um, yeah, well, so talk a little bit of excuses then, because it's something you and I have had some long conversations about on our on our runs, mm-hmm. and so tell me, like, I want people to hear your story from the point where you felt you were in kind of that, like, negative spiral with, like, your boyfriend at the a yeah. couple of years ago, and you kind of turned around and you started taking fault on everything you do all right so yeah. go, so go into that a little bit yeah and I think this is something that a lot of people have experienced or are experiencing and it's sort of a place that I find um it's just extremely common um basically for me I was unhappy in my relationship but not just with my boyfriend at the time um I was unhappy with like personal relationships like friends and and family and stuff like that and there's just like a lot of stress and tension um I went through like a year of anxiety where I swear I cried almost every single weekend and I had no idea why but that was my reality at the time and um I just felt very stressed and burnt out and there was a lot of stuff that at the time I I feel like I couldn't figure out but I didn't really know where to look also um and it's I found it so easy to be like why me why me you know kind of play that victim that victim role um and I'm not really sure actually no I am sure what the turning point was um maybe it's a little bit cloudy because it was a while ago but um I I started just looking for answers and it's funny, I, I started with YouTube, um, just started watching a lot of videos. I think I watched every single, like, Tony Robbins video on YouTube because, I don't know, I, like, stumbled across one of his things. I was like, wow, I really like that. And, like, yeah. loved his, like, perspective and outlook and, and you know, that tough love sort of thing. So um, it started with stuff like that. And basically, I was just looking for any way to shift my perspective and my mentality towards what was going on because I realized that there was nothing I could do about those other people or those other situations like I had tried stuff and it didn't work like I tried writing letters I had tried um, communicating I tried uh, voicing and expressing my feelings and everything like that and nothing worked and it's because you can't control those people you can't you have zero control over that so but what you do have control over is yourself and your own thoughts And so that's what I started learning was how to shift my perspective around these things. And I think the biggest thing is to like understand that those situations may not be your fault, 
but it's your responsibility to deal with them or your responsibility as to how you're going to deal with them. So I was, yeah, definitely in a really low spot and it was tough because I was full-time school. I was working at the same time. I was still working out all the time, had a relationship. I, you know, had friendships and family that I had to try and balance too. And I just felt like a mess. Um, but that's where I started to reevaluate like my mindset with it and my perspective and um, start taking accountability for my role in the situation. Um, because again, that's, that's the only thing I could do, right? I tried to mitigate problems with those people, but when you're not getting anywhere, right, you can either sit there and be extremely frustrated and let that anxiety fester and let all those other things fester, or you can shift your mindset, shift your mentality and get out of that and realize that what, what is going on with them really has nothing to do with you and that you can only really control you know what's going on inside of you right yeah so like when so how did you start taking that like that action of being like i'm completely i don't say at fault for everything Mm -hmm. but were you just like taking responsibility yeah were you like dismissive of people in terms of like all right man like this is like your shit this is your shit and i'm gonna like walk away from that yeah. Were, you, were you quick to dismiss that? Did you change your environment up? Was it just more like how how did you kind of and how did how did that change? Yeah. Benefit you now. Yeah, that's tough because I feel like it was probably a lot of different things. Um, so again, it started by learning. I think the best way is to educate yourself and start listening to like how other people perceive things, and then trying to apply that with your own situation as well. So a lot of that can be done through journaling, which is something that I did. So I kind of had this like never ending list of whys. Mm -hmm. So I'd ask myself a question and answer that question and be like, okay, what bothers you, right? You write down sort of like what bothers you and then you just start picking it apart. You're like, well, why does that bother you? And then, so you write what you think, right? Mm -hmm. And you'd be like, well, why do you think that, right? And it's sort of, you have to start unraveling the truth and really questioning your beliefs about what's going on be like, is that true? Is that true? Because like a lot of the stuff that's going on is really things that we have kind of put into our heads. Um, it's stuff that we have kind of created for ourselves. We start telling ourselves a narrative. Um, as soon as like, you know, and, and I think like there's a lot that kind of leads up to that, like certain situations or, you know, ways that people might treat us, um, you know, all of a sudden you start internalizing that. Um, and that's where those stories start to come is when you internalize those issues. Um, but I, you know, you really have to sit back and be like, okay, no, that's them. And this is me. Right. Um, realizing that a lot of the stuff that's happening is because of their own struggles and their own, mindset and where they are and that has less to do with you right how much wasted energy do we put on that too right oh we're, my trying, gosh. we're trying to like like unravel this story of like but why aren't they responding or why is this email taking for, forever right? and like what did i do like they're not they like they didn't respond like i thought they would respond like we're unraveling this fucked up story it's like yeah bro just like do you man like be confident yeah. like hey man i put out a message i said something like this is what it is i know where i was coming from if someone takes it a certain way you know, if it keeps coming back to you, we're like, everyone thinks Melissa's a dick, so maybe you're a dick, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's like one or two people are like, oh, like get offended by something, it's like, man, like this might just be your insecurity, your own problem. Like, it's just like there comes a point yeah. where like, you got to look in the mirror and be like, if people are 
going away from from you and like they're being like kind of like distant or just weird it's like okay man maybe that person's just not the right person for your life right and like they're not bettering you and let's it's a tough pill, right? It's a tough pill to be like, hey, man, like, I'm on a different path than my environment. Yeah. And a lot of people that, you know, we surround ourselves with are very either yes men or they'll rationalize and they'll come up with excuses and stories and, like, those narratives you're talking about of why they're failing. And, like, to me, I'm like, how the fuck are you convincing yourself that, it, like, it's this external? Like, first off, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, like, it's literally embarrassing to be like... I'm not succeeding because of this. And I'm like, are you 18? Are you 19? Like, I've been there. I've done that where I've been pissy and moaned. And I'm like, regardless if there was truth behind it or not, it didn't help my situation. Now I'm this guy who, I remember with football, man, I did that. Like, I came in, I wanted to be this, um, you know, I was like, all right, man, I'm going to be fucking all Canadian, all OUA. And I was like, under under recruited, but I was still like, yo, bro, I know how fucking good I am. I want to fuck this shit up. And it was like, such a, like, overconfidence, but in a good way. But then when it yeah. wasn't there and I wasn't getting that same respect and I had to fight for it, I was just like, what the hell is this shit? And I was pissed about it. And my thing was, like, all right, I'm going to go transfer. You know, like, it, I'm happy I transferred and it worked out in, in some realm. But, like, there were so many moments where, like, I could just handle it way more maturely. Yeah. And now I have a story. I don't have a result. I didn't become an all-Canadian. It, like, I have a story of why. And, again, it's cool. I use that story as, like, an anecdotal reference of, like, hey, man, like, I was a little pissy 19-year-old with a chip on my shoulder, which, again, I advocate having some chip on your shoulder. Yeah. But to an extent, we're, like, if you're going to start blaming the rest of the world, regardless if there is validation to that, it doesn't look good on you. And nothing gets resolved. Like, no. your, your life still sucks. Like, you still aren't that all king. You aren't successful. You aren't making yeah. the money. You didn't get the promotion. Like, you aren't living life you're meant to live. Okay, yeah. it can be everyone's fault, man. Maybe everyone did push you down. You had the worst circumstances. But there are other people that had those same circumstances and they made it work. Yeah. Like I said, like, in, and I'm a huge advocate. It's like if you have alcoholic parents and your parents beat you and abuse you, that sucks. That's mm-hmm. a shitty upbringing, man. But there's someone else out there that's had that same shit go on, probably worse, and they turn that shit around and they ended up making a success story out of it. Yeah. And it's like when you put that perspective on, like, you don't have any more... Uh, you know, credibility to be like, well, like, this is my situation, so I was screwed from the beginning. It's like, well, what about them? Yeah. I get my environment might have been really positive compared to other people, but I didn't have the same resources as, you know, people are the most wealthiest people. And a lot of people say the most wealthiest people, well, they're given everything. It's almost like a curse. So there's so many different elements. Yeah. And, like, if you focus on all these external of him or hers, like, just focus on you. Yeah. You know, what can you can control, you know? Because end of the day, like, that's going to make you feel free. Yeah. And it's going to give you so much more clarity to be like, all right, all I can do is make, like, M the best M possible. Yeah. With Melissa M. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing, right? That's <laughs> It's the idea to, like, just how can I better improve my situation? Because there's so many variables that are just yeah toxic. Like, yeah. And I think also looking for the lesson in all of those experiences, um, because every experience good and bad has some sort of lesson to teach you and until you learn that lesson you will keep repeating those situations Mm -hmm. right so i don't know i think uh i think if you can look at every experience and be like hey what can i take away from this and what can i apply that for myself or how can i apply that for other people I, i i think that will make a lot of those you know, maybe possibly negative situations a lot easier and a lot better to kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like your own constructive feedback too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a self-audit like we talked about, right? And yeah. it's, it's not repeating those same habits because how many people go back to like the same shitty relationship? And like, that's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. I'm like, 
you're in control of that. And, like, you're in control of getting back at that person. Regardless that person makes you feel like shit. Yeah. Okay, that's not cool that they're doing that. But you've chosen to adapt and adopt to that yeah. environment. You're like, okay, yeah. man, like, I'm going to be part of this. It's like, man, you've had four fucking chances. And, like, it's always been shit. Yeah. Like, like what, what, are, what, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, yeah, I blame you now. I don't blame the other girl, the other guys making your life like hell. Like, oh, yeah. You're Absolutely. both at fault, you know? Yeah. And, you, and you see it with social media. Everyone's like, social media is fucking us up. It's okay, okay, man. Like, but you, you have the choice. You can delete social media. You don't have to yeah. be on social media. Yet we come up with these, like, external reasons of, like, no, but, like, I, but I need to I need to be connected. I need to be this. Yeah. I need to be that. It's like, I need to feel love. But, Brandon, you don't get it, man. Like, she makes me feel good. But she also makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Is that a good trade-off? I'm sure there's like there's a you know a situation where you can feel good almost all the time. Yeah. You know, and find that is out yeah. there. It's not like the good, good and bad like isn't a healthy relationship, man. Like yeah. you're gonna. I think blow your uh, fucking head off. I think people kind of like prolong their decision making or prolong the inevitable when it comes to something that they're, um, that's giving them a lot of discomfort. So, um, people who complain all the time. I like I'm a I'm a extremely supportive person mm-hmm. uh for the most part and I try to support all my friends and even people I don't know um through stuff as well but the one thing I can't stand is when people just complain all the time. I feel like you you almost get like one chance to complain mm-hmm. or, or maybe talk about it with me and then after that I'm kind of like okay well what are you going to do about it? You know, you know your situation, all right? It's like we we can go through options. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know how you feel you know what's going on what are you going to do about it right like stop complaining like do you want to just complain to complain because if so like let me put my earphones in and you know you can keep going but <laughs> no, that's true, yeah though, right? and... yeah and it just drives me nuts and um you know I think if you're really unhappy and that's where I think it goes back to people just being okay being in misery right yeah for whatever reason, or they just want that attention, or they want, like, somebody to pity them, or, you know, um... Well, it feels like you're, it feels like, it makes you important for that moment. Yeah. You know, when someone's, like, cares to you. And, like, again, you're gonna have people that are empathetic to your situation, and they're gonna share their love with you, and they're gonna want to make you feel better. And in that moment, you feel important to that person. Yeah. You know, you're, you're the person that's, uh, that, you know... They have those, your attention. Yeah, those are fleeting though. Those. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. It's, not, it's not real. Like an actual. It's not like it's like it's like a dopamine release. It's not. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, a lot of people chase that dopamine release rather than like the actual long-lasting serotonin. Right. And I think it's that's like... what it is. And so then they look at that next person to complain to or whatever. Yeah. But you're actually you're losing relationships and and you're and you're losing you're good wrecking, relationships. Yeah, you know? like, you're people wrecking are things. Hanging around with you and they're okay with you complaining. Like they're probably not. I don't want. I don't want to put them all in the category. My mom's a phenomenal listener, but like, mm. you know, it's like um, there's a lot of people that will probably take your complaining and like they're not going to really give you a lot of like product, uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, and they just take it and they let you vent. And there's a time for that. I get that too. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not. You don't want to be that guy who's always been like, all right, hear what you're saying. Well, no, what can you do about it today? Of course, yeah. Right? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I've been guilty of that. Where people are like, they just want to fucking hear. They just want to bitch for like five minutes, Brandon. I'm like, all yeah. right, how are you fixing that? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but how are you going to fix that? Like, I don't yeah. want to hear it twice. I yeah. really don't. Right? Like, it's just, it's unacceptable in this day and age with the resources you have and the control you have. Yeah. It's like remove yourself from a situation or make it better for yourself or improve it. Like, yeah. there's just so many options that are at your disposal it's like yeah man or start yeah start taking action right and then like even and sometimes things are slow but they mm-hmm. should be 
changing right so then the next time you know that situation sort of comes up it should be somewhat different like okay like had this conversation um and it went like this uh you know and you can still be upset about it and it, you know the whole situation can you can still be complaining about so to speak but you know you want to see that change you want to see somebody For actually sure trying to make that difference in their life right and when they're not i'm just kind of like okay like, and that's and then that's on you as a person as a listener to be mm -hmm. like man i'm not listening to this soul crushing bullshit anymore like yeah. i'm gonna take myself out of that environment because you're doing nothing healthy for me and all you want to do is be that person to bitch and complain and yeah. moan and come up with excuses and rationalization and i give you uh, a solution and you wrecked it and you come back with your solution of why you can't do it and how i'm he held down and this is a shit cycle of yeah. a person bitching and you fighting it and you're listening you're rolling your eyes like, get yourself away from that. Like, yeah. that person is no longer of value to you in that regard. And that's too draining on the body and the system emotionally and mentally and physically and everything for you to waste your time with that. Yeah. Like, it really is. And, like, you need to be that person who's, like, a good friend and be like, bro, I'm not fucking dealing with this shit anymore. Yeah. Rectify the behavior. Quit bitching about it. I don't want to hear it. Your life sucks <laughs> and is that just all over the place, man. Like, take control man mm. up here like you're a grown-ass man or woman like yeah. figure this shit out like there are resources out there to help you out i'm giving you actual practical advice if you don't take that man you need to remove yourself from the situation uh, situation immediately and i think a lot of people get so scared they're like but i have this like he needs me man like he's so broken down and like, she's so like yeah. it's like okay man w w you have two options you can be that support system and have that person drain you which all that's all they're looking for. They're yeah. looking to drain you. They want you to get back in their fucking pit yeah. of like shit and misery. They want to have a comfortable environment of everyone else is in misery with them so they don't feel alone. Yeah. That's not a good person to be around. Yeah. Move. And again, and so you said it there too, right? Their fear, right? Yeah. They're fearful of I don't know, I think in that situation, fearful of um not feeling needed. Yeah. Or not necessarily wanted, but needed. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, yeah, uh, when it comes to people not making those changes, I think they're they're almost afraid. They're afraid to let go. They're afraid to make that change. They don't know. It's that uncertainty, yeah. right, that people really can't handle. But I think it's like putting yourself through those situations of uncertainty that really help you grow. And then once you kind of, you know, get over that hill and, you know, push yourself past that first step, right? You realize like how much of a benefit there is to doing that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I think, then I think that starts to snowball and you keep doing more and more and more. Right. And I, th I think that's honestly like, um, sort of like what happened when I was in my own misery. Right. And then, you know, I cut certain people out, I, I cut certain behaviors out, I implemented other things, you know, things that were a little bit uh, foreign to me. And then, um, you know, as you start seeing the benefit, you're like, okay, I really like this lifestyle. I like, I like this mentality. I like this role I'm on. Mm -hmm. um, but it kind of takes, you know, getting over that fear of that change, that initial fear of that change to kind of get to that place, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, you're going to have moments as the person that does dismiss themselves from that environment that you're going to feel lonely. Like, it's not like, it's like, well, I just made the decision mm -hmm. to be on my own and I'm going to be in this productive environment. I'm going to be this like, you know, motivated, driven brand. And like, it's not just like, oh. you know, rainbows. It's yeah. like, no man, you're going to have moments where you feel like you're on this like bizarro world. You're like, yo, everyone around me is like, they don't get what I'm trying to do. Right. And then yeah. like the majority of people are 
unfortunate like 90 percent range of like they have excuses and rationalizations and there's only so much room well i think there's more room than it is but a lot of people feel feel like there's only like room for like five percent at the top of the you know at the you know at the top mm-hmm. and we get scared that we're gonna lose all that and we're like well what if i lose that familiarity that's made me like feel so like at home it's yeah. like but it's the idea of settling like okay you can settle for that and your life's not gonna really excel but like your life can be a lot better and you're gonna create new relationships and it's like this year, I've made a lot of relationships with people, like, whether it's the ultra running community, like, yourself, Matt, and, like, Riley. I've had, like, a lot of good people this year. I'm like, yeah, like, these people have, like, their head on their shoulders. They want to do cool shit. I'm more motivated by knowing them now. And it's like, I didn't have yeah. these connections a year ago. So, yeah. like, and, and, like, people are like, when you step outside your comfort zone, you force yourself into other environments. And you're doing productive work. Like, the, the attraction connects. Like, people are like, mm-hmm. okay, man, like, I want to be around someone like that because I don't see that too often. Yeah. And once you do that, then you start getting, and then the connections start growing because yeah. then you know some people, I know some people that are like, hey, but they're motivated, they're motivated, boom. And then it's like, and connections just grow, right? Yeah. It's like what happened with Julian and you and me, right? It's yeah. like, you didn't know Julian, but I was like, hey man, Julian's this awesome ultra runner. He's got like a lot of ideas and then you met him and then your connection grows. And, you know, and it's, just, it's how it happens, yeah. right? And it's just, it gets better, right? Yeah. Don't feel like if you do lose some relationships and you feel lonely and you have to make some sacrifices, like it will grow into like having better stronger relationships in, in the long run yeah well how many people feel lonely when they're in a relationship right oh, yeah, that's like that you know so the whole lonely thing is very interesting because there's a lot of people that seem like they have all of this around them yeah. right or they're in a relationship and yet they sometimes are the loneliest ones um and then yeah of course like when you start cutting people out of your life or certain things out of your life like yeah you you'll definitely have periods of loneliness but I think that's a really good time to sit and learn how to be okay with yourself yeah right like sit with yourself um you know there's that whole thing where people are are so busy these days they're constantly going from one thing to the next to the next and they have no time and and they never just chill out and I think those people have a really hard time being with themselves. Yeah. I think they have a hard time with themselves. Um, they don't know how to just relax and sit and be a human. Yeah. And you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like just finally listen to your thoughts and listen to your body. Um, and I think, you know, when you start cutting out that toxicity in your life, first you have to acknowledge that, but when you cut that out, it, it gives you so much time like such valuable time to actually get to know yourself a little bit more and I think that that's a little bit scary because people don't really like you don't really know what you're doing when you're starting you're just kind of like holy shit like I'm just like sitting here and there's nothing going on and and there's all these thoughts in my head and you know a lot of them are really negative and yeah right and so again that's that's why I started actually meditating was to kind of figure that out and learn not how to go down those little like rabbit holes and spirals and stuff like that um but yeah it's like a perfect opportunity to start doing something a little bit more mindful um and and like some of your ideas that you blog about Mm -hmm. right so I think that's another opportunity to do a lot of that stuff that's really beneficial for yourself and getting to know yourself um you know go do stuff that you used to do as a kid go go do something for yourself and and become a lot more mindful with yourself and you're going to become a, a much more whole person mm-hmm. when you do that. And then when you show up, you're showing up as your best self. And you're showing up as your true self, too. Because now you actually know what you like, what you don't like, yeah, who yeah. you are, Jeez. right? 
And then you start attracting those people that are like-minded and on the same page as you. And then your whole life shifts. And, and what was once very scary, it's, it's completely different now. And you have a lot less loneliness even when you are on your own because you're okay with yourself. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> no, that's, that's really, really well said, right? And I think a lot of people can, like, take that. Like, you want to go into, like, you want to use, like, your social connections as, like, just a, a extra benefit, right? Like, yeah. again, I like being social just, like, as much as the next person. But you don't want to use those things like crutches. Where, like, I need that to feel, you know, full. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a dangerous game because, like, you're going to get put on your own. And you're going to have to, like figure that stuff out and you don't want to depend on other people to make you feel happy that external was very dangerous because now you're taking like that control away from you and you're putting on other people like oh, hopefully i see melissa today and she brings me up and she sparks yeah. me up it's like man that's a lot of pressure for you it's like like maybe you got stuff going on and maybe you're not feeling great and then you bring me down it's like no like, i want to have enough control where like i feel good with who i am yep i know who i am i know what i want i'm okay with that and I use those external forces as, like, you know, just extra benefits. Like, all right, man, I want to spend time with this person. I want to go do that. I want to go for a run. I want to enjoy life. Like, those mm-hmm. are good things to do, but you want to do it from a place where you're fully content and fulfilled with who you are. Yeah. But, again, it takes time because we validate the opinion of people we don't give a fuck about, yeah. which we don't. <laughs> Had to emphasize that. But it's, like, crazy to me. It's, like, that Instagram thing or anything. Like, yeah. we're, like, we're, like, we're so concerned about the validation of people we don't even really care about. And yeah. it's, like, the people that we do care about, we, we put such, like, we don't have a lot of attention toward. And it's, like, yeah. don't you want to make those people proud and you want those people to like you? And yet we're looking for, like, and, and it's what we do, right? We're yeah. so, like, external driven. Like, I hope this gets approval. Yeah. It's like, what's going to get approval just so people know, like, later in life is, like, authenticity. Like, people are going to get attracted to the person who's genuine to who they are, and they're okay with that. Like, everyone's going to be different. I'm not going to have the same personality as you or same personality as Matt. We're going to like different music. I'm going to, like, hell, I made this reference on the radio the other day, and I was like, I like, I'm like, hey, I, from externally, I'm like this, you know, I played football, and I work out, and I wrestle, and I have all these kind of, like, more macho things, but I'm like the biggest christmas fan you saw me everyone's always like what the hell's wrong with you man like why are you like i have like a playlist of mariah carey all over for christmas and i'm like i don't know i just like it man it is what i'm not afraid to play it i'm not gonna be like ah turn it down hit some like rock just to like show that side of me it's like i'm confident in who i am where i'm not gonna be like rattled by being like you're a pussy brandon it's like no i'm not (laughs) right and it's like but people that are insecure and they're like deep down yo i am a pussy right they're like fuck i don't want people to know it so i want to hide that yeah that that face i'm gonna put a mask on so people don't call me out of my bullshit yeah but when you're cool with your bullshit and you're like nah man like i I know who i am i can handle myself and i'm good with who i am and i just like christmas is like okay yeah. like i'm fully immersed in that like it's like <laughs> it, it's it's just it's just funny when you see that because people are like yo man like you can like me or not but they're like at least he's doing him yeah right and at least i'm okay with that and like the, the stuff that gives me so much fulfillment we're like hey man like, once the first christmas song comes on in 2019 <laughs> i want to be ecstatic that day and i love all the christmas specials and all that uh, stuff and people are gonna be like what the hell but i'm like that yeah. gives me fulfillment it brings me nostalgia like it just has a warming comfortable feeling to it but I enjoy, and it's like, yeah. I'm not, why would I, and then people will, like, not watch those things yes. for the sake of, like, they're like, ah, it's for kids. And it's like, well, is it for kids, or is it just, like, you don't want to be, you know, yeah. seen that way? Yeah. It always reminds me of that 70s show episode 
when like Kelso wants to like run back home to watch I think Rudolph the Red Nosed yeah, Reindeer yeah. and they're all chirping him. <laughs> it's like just because he's like nineteen or twenty, and I'm like, man, like it's just it's just funny because he's so himself, and yeah. that's why everyone loved Kelso because they're like, it's just Kelso, man. Like yeah. he's funny and he's true to who he is, and like and he's like, this lovable character, yeah. right? And like there's some sort of like just attraction to this guy who's just being like, oh man, that's just some yeah. Kelso. He's like a ten year old, right? Yeah, but uh, who's like happy being him and yeah. not afraid to show that person, right? Yeah. Uh, we got a few minutes. Let's talk quick about your transition into ultra running. Just because oh, I want to talk about the challenges. Yeah, I like yeah, when yeah. people adopt new challenges uh, that are super exciting and thrilling. How has that been? Well, how would you promote that in terms of like, taking on challenges that seem like, oh, man, this is a bit extreme. Like You've never ran a half marathon. You never ran a marathon. And we've gone on to an ultra marathon right? in two months. <laughs> Again, you run a lot yeah. uh, for, for like exercise. Yeah. You like getting out on the trails. And you started running with myself and others. How's that been? And how, what would you, what kind of advice you give people to be like, not Ooh, be not, scared to challenge themselves? Not afraid. Um, it's been wild, honestly, because just a few months ago uh, is when I started running with you and Julian. Yeah. And Julian mentioned it in April. And I was like, yeah, right. Like, as if I'll ever run an ultra marathon. And then, sure enough, a few months later, signed up for one. Um, yeah, I. I think it was just the accumulation of a couple little events that made me realize maybe I could do this. Mm -hmm. And then, again, surrounding myself by, like, you guys, honestly. Like, I think surrounding yourself by people who are really encouraging and kind of see your potential is really important. Um, So it's, yeah, it's been been really fun. And, again, this is sort of just the beginning because I think what I signed up, like, last week or so. Yeah. but for me, I'm just breaking it down. So, you know, I ran my first 20 kilometers in April. I think I ran... On a whim, mind you. Yeah, too. unintentionally. Um, so that was good. And then after that, I was like, wow, I can run 20 kilometers. So that's good. And, and you were in pain, of, right? Let's let, people, let, let people know that, too. Because yeah. I think it's like one of those things like your body's adapted very well over the last... Like, yes. It's not like you're just some like freak human. You're like, oh, I just ran 20K and I no, felt amazing. I had to physically lift my legs up into the car to get in the car. Like, I, I was very sore. But uh, my next 20 after that, not nearly as sore. And I think once I realized, like, you know, I was adapting okay, um, and I could do I could do more than 10 kilometers, because I think that's the most I'd really run prior, mm-hmm. um, that starts, start, sort of sparked that mentality in me that, you know, I can do, I can do more than this, and I can push myself a little bit further. Um, and then also, too, like, surrounding myself by, like, yourself and Julian and and looking at what other people are doing and looking at you know some of the challenges that others are going through I'm like oh the least I could do is like try 50 kilometers I know like you're doing like 120 miles right that's insane yeah yeah I guess some helicopters (laughs) out there (laughs) like that's insane and so I look at these challenges that other people are doing and I'm like well I'm relatively fit I I'm not trained for something like this However, like what what's the harm, right? And and I've always been somebody who's been okay with trying just about anything and I really want to push myself and and kind of test my limits and explore that potential within myself and honestly I think ultra is probably the best thing you could do for that because that that really becomes a lot more about the mental game. And it's um, cool and it's cool to see like oh shit. Um to get that going again. But it's cool <laughs> to see like 
how glowing you are about it, right? And excited. It's like, yeah. it's like a kid on, on Christmas almost, right? And just... Well, I think too, like I have zero expectations going into some of these things. Like for me, it's, it's entirely personal. I'm just like, like, I just want to see what I can do. Right. And, and I enjoy things that are physical and very active. And so this is just another opportunity for me to kind of challenge myself. So I have no expectations. I'm not going in there looking to place. Um, there's, I think only 22 of us signed up for this this race in September, yeah, so it'll be very obvious when I'm like dead last. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, be fine. But I'll, I just want to finish it, and I just want to finish it with a smile on my face and and more enjoy the process. Um, I think the most fun is actually getting out there and training and training with you guys and and trying to find interesting ways to train too right um so i try to make it fun for myself like this morning like i said on my run i basically doubled back on all of the hills so every hill i went down i'd run back up again and, and then go back down and continue my run and 